podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Zero Pucks Given, the UK ice hockey podcast. We are in partnership with Blades Belong on Your Feet, the charity fighting knife crime with ice skating all across the UK. And we are in partnership with Hockey Art Co., the clothing company for you hockey fans. Worn by the best, hated by the rest. Zero Pucks Given listeners get a 10% discount on everything on the Hockey Art Co. website. If you enter the code ZP10 upon checkout, you'll get your discount on anything that you like from their website. So go there and check it out once you finish listening to this, of course. This is episode 44 and it is jam-packed. Firstly, we've got the match reports and details from all of this week's Britain fixtures and those exclusive coaches' thoughts. Some massive games this weekend and already the league is throwing up some amazing results. After the match reports, we've got our first player guest of the season, Slough Jets and Team GB star Christian Moore. The Slough forward joins me to discuss his career and answer your questions. Right then, let's drop the puck on episode 44 and let's start on Saturday night down in Gosport. Silent Devils versus Slough Jets at the Cauldron then. Both sides with pretty much full rosters aside from a couple of two-way lads and the game started fairly even. Jets took a penalty on 6.27 but killed it off, however, found themselves behind 20 seconds after returning to full strength when Cloutman and Campbell assisted Peacocks put the Devils 1-0 up on 8.46. The visitors rallied and pulled themselves level on 11.54 when English assisted Jack Goodchild for 1-1. The game swung back the way of the home side, when on 15.42, Osman and Peacock assisted Ryan Sutton. Just before the end of the period, the Slough Jets fired back again when Hemmings Mayer assisted Lewis English on 18.18 to make it 2-2. Into the second, and with both sides possibly still searching for that match fitness, the home side, though, just do not lay down for anyone and retook the lead with a goal from Russell on 33.15, assisted by Peacock again. The Jets were left in a tailspin when the Devils struck again on 36-33 as Osman assisted Paul Seif to make it 4-2 to the home side. As the second round to a close, the Jets regained flight status and made it to a one-goal game after Goodchild got his second, assisted by Seb Moore on 39-19. Into the third and the Devils killed off an early penalty after Murray was sanctioned for tripping and there was a short break in play after 50 minutes as Hemmings Mayer received some treatment to a cut nose. Shortly after the restart, Llewellyn sat for two for delay of game and on the resulting power play, an assist from Jacob Minter as Jack Goodchild completed his hat-trick. I get the feeling there will not be any boring games at Gosport this year. As the game drew to a close, Minter and Goodchild combined again to give the Jets a late lead in the cauldron on 59-13. The Devils called timeout, pulled the goalie to get the leveller, but were sent to a two-goal defeat when Christian Moore beat the buzzer on 59-59 to make it Solent 4, Jets 6. The Jets will travel to the Oxpens on Sunday. After the game, Alex Murray gave me his thoughts. 
Yeah, I think naturally we're disappointed with the weekend's result. Obviously, um, Slough are a tough team, but after you know the win last weekend and going into the game and starting off pretty well and taking a 4-2 lead with about a minute to go into the second, we, we really need to show our experience there and see that game through. I think um, the difference, obviously, is that you know me understanding you know the guys in certain roles and how we kind of do things to see some games out, but... Uh, Credit to Slough, they they kept pushing and, um, you know, some penalty trouble in the third period led to um, some powerful opportunities for them, which they took. And then at 4-4, I think, you know, we were probably the team that looked more likely to try and win. We're pushing in the last minute in their end and then a mistake on our blue line gives them a breakaway and, yeah, the game's done. So, you know, a tough one to take. But, um, look, the the league's competitive and everyone's going to have a chance to beat everyone on any given night. And the guys are, you know, keen and eager to, you know, to to get back into training this weekend and, and look ahead to Oxford next weekend. Hopefully, you know, get back on that train and, and pick up some points. Also on the Saturday night, the first Essex derby of the season as the Buccaneers hosted the Chieftains. The visitors put an early marker down and took control of the first of Essex derby of the season with Pentecost and Porter missing for the Chieftains, but both Bartlett's were welcomed back into the roster and their presence was felt after Cameron Bartlett put the Chieftains ahead on 351, unassisted and even-handed. Chieftains could have added to their goal tally on numerous occasions, but were frustrated by former Chieftain Sonny Phillips. He was, however, beaten again on 14.57, this time by Grant Bartlett, assisted by Halden Barnes-Garner, slipped into the circle and sniped into the top corner. Fantastic goal. The brothers both making their mark in the first competitive appearance of the season. The tie was kept relatively quiet from a discipline point of view, only one penalty per side in the first into the second and the Bartlett show continued as Grant Bartlett grabbed his second on 28-37, again assisted by Barnes-Garner. A few minutes later, and after killing off some pressure from the home side, the Chieftains struck again, this time through Sasha Moltsev on 32-47, Dan Fay on the assist. As the period was winding down, the Chieftains struck again, showing their scoring prowess as Kieran Rayner got his second in two games on 38-49. Into the third, and as the Chieftains took a few penalties, the home side gained some confidence and pulled a goal back on 52-46 when Brindley Caps assisted Luca Pascale to snipe home for 5-1, taking Jordan Lorde's first shutout away. That's how the game finished. Two 5-1 wins on the trot. A man of the match for Grant Bartlett, player of the match for Ellie Wakeling for the Bucks. Both sides will travel on the Sunday. The Chieftains head to Invicta. The Bucks head to MK. Finally wearing their new Buccaneers jersey, the Romford Buccaneers headed to the Thunderdome as the two bottom sides met and it was an entertaining affair. The home side took the first period with a goal from Cameron Hamill. An entertaining second saw the Buccaneers hit back, but the Thunder ultimately won the second out, finishing it 3-2. The third period followed the same line of excitement. A home debut goal for Mario Chiru and finishing with an empty net goal for Cameron Hamill, resulting in a 5-3 win keeping the Essex side at the bottom of the table. After a difficult weekend for the Bucks, Jason Buckman gave me his thoughts. Tough weekend of results for the Buccaneers. A um, lot of positives to take from the weekend, though. Uh, pretty sure the rest of the league has probably written this young team off at the beginning of the year. Um, Saturday's result against Streatham was a, was a tight, close game. We conceded a shorthanded goal, but we also hit the crossbar, and that's uh, the margins uh, we're working with. Could have been a 3-3 game quite easily. Um, Sunday, again, 
really tough game against Invicta. I would say four to five bad defensive zone mistakes. Um, and when you play a team like Invicta with the offensive power they have, uh, you know, they make you pay for it. Um, moving forward, it's going to not get any easier against Chelmsford this Saturday. Um, but as I said, uh, lots of positives to take out of both games at the weekend. And hopefully this young squad can uh, learn from the mistakes and uh, move forward and improve. Planet Ice Gillingham was the venue for the first meeting of the Dynamos and the Chieftains. As we've said before, hopefully it's not the first of 10 like last season. The game faced off to a raucous atmosphere provided by both sets of fans and the scoring started early as the Bartlett brothers once again were the bane of the Britain division as Grant assisted Cam for the first goal even-handed on 3.45. Both netminders set their stall out early that it was going to have to be something special to beat them and Victor pulled out the special on 14.35 when Tom Saw, assisted by Thune and Harris, made it 1-1. Into the second period and the home side pressured early and continuing his impressive weekend, Mads Thune assisted by Chard and Bell, his massive slap shot top corner on 21.51. Chieftains regroup and had to kill off a penalty on 26 minutes when Lack took two for holding. That wasn't the last penalty that the visitors took in the second, Cam Bartlett two for slashing on 33.11. And in that power play, the home side stretched their lead when Bronnemann and Dell assisted Huggett for 3-1 on 34.45. Ollie Bulldog sat for boarding almost immediately after the goal, but Chieftains managed to kill that penalty. Discipline or therefore lack off was having a detrimental effect on the visitors. Into the third and the Dynamo stretched their lead further early when former Chieftain Stano Laschek, assisted by Dell, tipped home on 41-17. Straight after the goal, the most took a penalty when Stokes got two for tripping, but the home side killed it off. After McAllen and King took penalties, it was four on four, and just before Invicta returned to strength, Ethan Reed went unassisted on 54-19. A minute later, Rayner took a two-minute penalty for tripping, but the Chieftains killed it off. And at 59-53, Ethan Reed went unassisted again to make it 4-3. Chieftains pulled Jordan Lorde to have the extra man in the final seven seconds, but it wasn't quite enough time, and the Invicta Dynamos draw first blood in the 23-24 season. After the game, Kyle Lennon gave me his thoughts. It was great to kick off our series of games with the Chieftains this season with a win. I was very happy with the result and um, really good to be at home in front of a a big crowd. Um, Not only did we have our own fans in voice there, but of course the Chieftains brought a a good number with them too. So it made for a, a great atmosphere in the evening. I thought personally we started a little bit um, tentative, a little bit nervous and that, you know, showed in the, the performance uh, quite honestly and the Chieftains took full advantage of that in the first first few minutes of the game um, scoring a goal that I think probably we'd want back uh, but credit to them they took it well and that I think sparked us into life a little bit we, we sort of woke up from that moment on and uh, you know were it not for two exceptional saves from from Lorde and goal then I think the period may have finished um you know, in our advantage, but we managed to to scramble one in um, to go back into the period break at one one, which I was was happy about that character showing. And from there, I felt like we sort of grew as the game went on. The second period was was very strong from us. Um, Mads soon scored a fantastic goal to sort of swing the momentum toward ourselves, and then that was followed by. A really well worked power play goal um, by Tommy Huggett. Uh, that line 
really combined very well on the, on that, which I was very happy about. And um, going into the third period, I had every confidence that we could see the game out and uh, manage it well. It started well with Stano um, picking up a, a nice pass from Delhi to to make it 4-1. And for most of the period, we looked quite comfortable. And it was really just a, a couple of casual errors on our part that made it closer than it needed to be, quite honestly. And, uh, of course, the last minute provided a, a few moments of panic, as they always do, especially when there's you know not much in the game. But we managed to, to ride it out, get the win that we, we, of course, wanted. And now focus completely turns toward next weekend, where we have two, two big games coming up for us, uh, Romford away from home and then Slough um, in our barn on Sunday night. They obviously had mixed weekends. Romford probably will upon a um, revenge their losses from, from last week. And, uh, and Slough are obviously riding high from, from two wins. So two different propositions, uh, both young teams, though, that, that have a lot of energy. And that's something we're going to have to manage this week and uh, prepare in the, in the right way. So looking forward to that week of training ahead and um, to preparing the boys for what's to be a challenging weekend. Thanks. The Jets travel to the Oxpens on Sunday night and a feisty start at the rammed Oxfordshire ice rink saw the home side take a penalty after penalty, but also killing them off. The Jets were pressuring their hosts who were giving as good as they got. However, when Mitchell took two plus two for cross-checking and roughing on 1936, the Jets penned the stars in until Jack Goodchild and Christian Moore assisted Seb Moore with a buzzer beater on 1959. Into the second and a more physical play from the stars, particularly the Halldozer, but halfway through the second, it was the same Jets trio that doubled their advantage. This time, Goodchild and Seb Moore assisted Christian Moore on 30-11. The Jets were playing the neater hockey of the two and got further reward when the Holy Trinity struck for a third time as Goodchild and Christian Moore laid on for a neat finish by Seb Moore on 39-10. Into the third and the Oxfordshire side feeling slightly hard done by at the scoreline, but their opponents feeling very worthy of it. Early in the third, a second hat-trick in two nights for the Jets as Christian Moore's shot pops out of Miller's glove and is snuck home by Seb Moore for 4-0 on 43-09. The Stars continued to push and Brett Massey was doing his best to frustrate the home side, whose frustration was increased when Christian got his third assist of the night as Liam Clark made it 5-0 on 47-57. The game slipped further away from Oxford's reach as Hemmings Mayer assisted Lewis English on 54-16 and 6-0 is how it stayed. A shutout for Massey, a hat-trick for Seb Moore, and the Stars' disappointing start continues. After the game, Simon Anderson gave me his thoughts. Yeah, we're really disappointed, obviously, to uh, be shut out on home ice. We had a big crowd in last night. Our, our marketing's gone through the roof. So, um, yeah, a big crowd in there, and it's disappointing to, to not perform in front of them. Um, you know, we couldn't really stamp our um, four-check on, on Slough, you know, which was disappointing. Um, the biggest plus for us was our penalty killing was really good, but other than that, we couldn't really get any sustained pressure in their end um, when we're five on five, apart from early on in the or mid mid sort of third per- uh, first period. Um, yeah, just a disappointing night. You know, I don't want to take anything away from from Slough. You know, I thought they were excellent, well drilled. Um, we couldn't get anything going. We got four check was poor, and and yeah, it's just hats off to Slough. You know, sometimes you just got to lick your wounds and and give credit to the other team and. You know, we're a young, we're a, we're a group that have not been together long, um, and you know we will get better. Um, but it was a, it's a hard one to take last night. Um, 
so yeah we've got to get ourselves ready on wednesday and get ready for for solent next weekend Well, that's all the match reports done with from that cracking weekend of hockey in the Britain division. I'm sure that that's going to be the trend as we move forward. Just exciting games, unpredictable results and goals from left, right and centre. So let's get to our guests for today then. Obviously, broadening the horizons of the podcast out to the rest of the league. I wanted to get some players on from all the other clubs so we could start finding out a bit more about them, how other clubs work from sort of the inside out uh, and just get to know these people you know, more as people. So my first player guest of the season is Slough Jets number 54, Christian Moore. get my sure I'll get my wife banging on the door at some point telling me that dinner's ready uh, right <clears throat> zero pucks given in partnership with blaze belong on your feet and the hockey art co presenting christian moore how you doing fella not too bad not too bad yourself i'm oh, mate i'm cracking absolutely cracking it's a four-point weekend for you though congratulations plenty of points on uh, the board as well yeah boys were buzzing after this weekend it was it was a really good weekend how do you take recovery after a two-game weekend? Just what normally, I, I guess. Just, you know, a lot of sleep and try as rest as much as, yeah. you know, on the Monday morning if you're not feeling too hot. Like, luckily enough, you know, we're a young team, so, you know, we recover quite easily. But yeah, I was going to say, you're certainly a younger man than I am, so it's uh, <laughs> it's probably not that much of a challenge for you. Yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of, you know, laziness the next day. Um uh, but a 6-0 win on the road, I mean, you guys have got to be absolutely buzzing with that. Yeah, I mean, you know, with on the Saturday's game, you know, we kind of knew what to expect with Stratton, not Stratton, uh, Solon, because obviously they're a bit like us for this season. You know, they haven't really changed their roster that much. And obviously going into their rink, you know, doesn't matter what team, what team you play against in that rink, you know how badly it's going to be. Uh, but with Sunday, it was a bit different because obviously, you know, Oxford have changed a lot since last season. Um, so, yeah, we were just going into that game like we were going to play, like we were playing on sat- uh, Saturday. So, you know, we just carried on from all the, you know, the uh, work we did from Saturday against Solent. And, yeah, Sunday we played, honestly, it was one of the be- uh, one of the best games we played as a group. You know, we were quick. Uh, used our speed to our advantage. You know, fitness played a big game in that game yesterday. Um, I mean, you could just tell the fitness levels between both two teams. Um, but yeah, that was kind of it, really. What was the atmosphere like there? Because uh, Oxford were quite active on their social media yesterday, stating they'd, they'd sold a load of tickets, broke records for them. So yeah, it was, it was I mean, quite raucous. Yeah, like, every game we've been in Oxford, it's been, you know, a sellout. You know, we've... I'm pretty sure we had near up to between 60 to 70 Jets fans there, which was unbelievable. I don't think we've had that many fans to away games. Um, the last time I remember was last year when we were in, um, I don't know if it was, yeah, it must have been playoffs when we were in Romford. You know, we had a massive turnout there. Um, but yeah, the 
crowd was unbelievable, you know, just playing in that ring. You know, there, there's a couple of these fans behind the um, behind the away bench and they're just chirping constantly. <laughs> uh, it gets a bit frustrating and annoying, but, you know, it's it, it's some of those chirps are a bit funny, so you just kind of have to, you know, take it. But, yeah, the we had we had quite a lot of fans there as well, which was brilliant to see even uh, Saturday in Solent, even though it is not the greatest of rinks and freezing cold um we had we had fans there as well so it was both both games you know saturday sunday the atmosphere were brilliant yeah that's, um, that's good so the, the fans i think in this league are just astonishing the lengths yeah. they go to and the traveling it's i always I always feel like a bit of a, a sort of a fraudster because i do this and i love doing this but i i can't travel as much as i'd like for away mm. game i'd love to go to yeah. every single one but it's such a struggle for me um, even if we have a home game on a Saturday, sometimes it's a struggle because I'm used to it being a Sunday night. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the lengths and distances that the guys travel. I mean, fortunately, Oxford's not too far from Slough, is it? It's probably what, 45 minutes? Yeah, 45 minutes to an hour, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, I mean, obviously, you've got to get you know, down to Solent. Across mm. to Invicta must be a jaunt for you guys. Well, I think the worst one was um, when Bristol in, were in our league. <laughs> yeah. You know, tra- traveling to Invicta and then getting there saying, yeah, the rinks completely knackered you know that's i'm pretty sure i saw it was like three and a half four hour drive for them because obviously you're driving cross country yeah yeah when um, bristol were in this league yeah that did make yeah. quite a you do two-way with bristol now though don't you yeah yeah so this is my second year on the two-way um absolutely loved it last year you know the setup there's great like just different level yeah, uh, they, had, they had quite a lot of funding didn't they yeah they i mean the sponsors you know that Richie's brought on a crazy, you know, uh, the Bristol Golf Course, Las Iguanas, you know, Bristol Honda, you know, the the list goes on. Honestly, there have been sponsors where I'm like, didn't know we had them, but, you know, it's crazy. It's sick. Um, that just shows how many sponsors Bristol got. You know, the jerseys just covered in them. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of the way it is in UK hockey. If you look up to like yeah. the Elite League, there's almost no point designing a jersey because it's just covered in sponsors. Yeah, exactly. I, I you know, it's a bit like referees and uh, because I, uh, my mum's from Czech, so we uh, we lived over there for about two years, so we used to watch a lot of hockey games over there, and even the referees are just covered in sponsors. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, it's good to see you know a lot of uh, a lot of hype around it, and there there are really good sponsors, you know, sponsoring some teams. Um, in the country, and I think Nottingham have just been sponsored by McDonald's again. I'm pretty sure I saw that somewhere. Oh, wow, or... that's a big one, isn't it? Um, yeah. How do you find the gap between national and one? Because is it getting bigger? Is it getting smaller? Or is it is it kind of staying the same? Um, I mean, my first year in national league, it was a big step up because uh, I just wasn't used to be playing against you know imports like good imports. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd, I'd just say it's a lot quicker. Um, you know, just time on the puck is you know reduced. Um, obviously, you know, you've got boys who just run people. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say there's much as a difference personally. Uh, once you kind of get set and comfortable in national league, then you're kind of all right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you kind of need to have a brain, like a hockey IQ, if you're uh, if you're going to step up to national league. 
Yeah, head on a swivel at all times. Yeah, absolutely. So you've actually you've stepped on one of the questions I had for a little later on with your your surname. I'm sure, I hope I'm pronouncing it right and just more. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it can indicate European, Gaelic, Scottish. There's so many, but it's Czech is your your heritage. No, so um, uh, it's the from my dad's side. It's Norwegian. All oh, right. Uh, more. Um, so yeah, my kind of dad's ancestry, uh, ancestry is like kind of Norwegian, Canadian, and then mum's uh, Czech. That was really only one sport you and your brother were ever going to play then, weren't they? Well, that's funnily enough, because obviously when we were younger, because uh, me and my brother were both born here, we um, we were playing football, and um, we were we were uh, we were at a football game. I'm pretty sure I was playing, and uh, one of the parents was like, "Oh." Uh, do you guys fancy going down to watch the Bracknell Bees? And, uh, I'm, you know, my mum's probably going to not tell me, uh, not say this story's true, but she was like, hockey in the UK, are you kidding me? Absolutely <laughs> not. I'm not taking my kids to watch, you know, British ice hockey. And then um, we we went to watch the Bees versus Swindon and I absolutely loved it. I was like, I want to play. So obviously mum being from Czech, you know, it's massive in Czech. She was like, great. <laughs> um, so yeah, then obviously me and my brother started off in Bracknell. So yeah, she she knew the pain of being a hockey mum before it all really started. Yeah, pretty much because I'm pretty sure my uh, granddad from my mum's side played ice hockey when he was younger, so it, it is in our blood. Yeah. So and what's the competitive streak like between the two of you? I mean, you can ask my mum. I'm pretty sure we were squabbling up to the game yesterday <laughs> <laughs> and on the way back. Well, you uh, you but, certainly but, laid a few on for each other yesterday. Yeah, uh, you know, I always knew it was going to happen, um, you know, since he turned 16. I, you know, mum was like, right, no hockey talk whatsoever after the game. <laughs> that didn't go That didn't go well down after the first game he had. Um, uh, and, well, there was quite a big one. We uh, obviously, Peter Cech played for you boys last year. Yeah. And um, like he was a massive role model of mine when I was younger playing football. I always looked up to him, and then when he uh, when he started playing ice hockey for Phoenix, I was like, "Ah, oh, that's going to be a shame." And then when he signed for you boys, I was like, "Brilliant, going to play against him." And then obviously I scored that goal, so yeah, and Sebi didn't, so I was like, "Nice one," <laughs> you know, I scored against a goal against Peter, and you didn't, so um, yeah. And he wasn't playing last night, was he? Because obviously he's gone to Oxford now, but he wasn't there last night, was he? Yeah, obviously he must have been somewhere else. Um, don't know where he was. Yeah, well, I, th- I thought it was quite good of Oxford actually that they announced, you know, days before the game that he wouldn't be there. Yeah, so yeah. people wouldn't be buying tickets maybe just to see him and turn up and be like, "Well, yeah, why are we here?" Pretty yeah, much. So, but I think I mean we've we've seen from from last year at Chelmsford that yes, I mean I don't think any team uses it as a PR exercise, but it is obviously a very good one. Well, I, you know, without Pio or not, you know, you boys sell out the crowd instantly. You know, there's every time we come up to Chelmsford, you know, it's sold out. You know, even during warm ups, it's, you know, you look around, there's no empty seat. So, yeah, my opinion, Pio or not, you know, you're still selling out. Um, we are, know, but a lot of them have stayed. Game. A lot of them have stayed. A lot of the play, people that came sort of one, two times to watch Petter have, have stayed on. They've, yeah. uh, they enjoyed it. Which, considering Chelmsford didn't have the best year last year, was was quite good. But mm. 
um, had, a, had a better start this year. Um, and obviously, we knew this was going to happen. We, we've been speaking for quite a few weeks, sorting this out. Yeah. This Saturday night, Chelmsford are coming to uh, to everyone active in Slough. They're coming to the hangar. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be a completely different game. Completely from the uh, from the pre-season series? 100%. Mm. Um, you know, especially with both teams knowing uh, how we play. Uh, obviously, you know, we know how you boys play and, you know, it's not given, like, you know, how Slough players, especially from the last, well, this weekend. Um, so I do think it's going to be a tougher game. Yeah. Because I'm it's... pretty sure both the Bartlett's are back now this weekend, aren't they? Or Yeah, they were back weekend, just, just gone. Right, OK. But, so, yeah, champs sort of pretty much full strength. Um, yeah. Obviously, obviously you, you had a couple of boys out last, uh, pre-season as well. Yeah, yeah, there was a few injuries and a few uh, mm. a few people still on holiday, but um, I mean, we've so we've been talking about the games. It's just so competitive, and and yeah, if, it's... if they can start pinning Stretton back a little bit because they've you know they've started three and three, mm. um, then yeah, this I mean this league I think it's going to probably be the most competitive league in in one hundred percent hockey. Yeah, I mean, you know, look at it now. Um, I'm pretty sure, six, you know, Stretton are on. I looked at it today. Stretton are on six and then the next four are all on four. So, you know, yeah. from the get go, it's tight up there. Yeah. Which, I mean, um, it's virtually exactly how it was last year. Yeah, you know, exactly. Everyone all tight of, all of the time, but it just, it mm. makes for such great games. And oh, it's, Ch- Chelmsford yeah. Slough games are always just barn burners because it's always so fast, so yeah. physical. I know, I know Ty and Grant have probably got, you know, <laughs> old wounds that they're probably going to open up this weekend. <laughs> so it's, because my worry yeah. for you, when we previewed the season, my worry for you guys was because of the amount of you that are on two ways. How often would you have the likes of you and and Jacob and uh, and Connor Redman that all together? Mm. Um, because as you said, your, your roster hasn't changed a great deal from last season. But yeah. the, the positive side of that is you guys just know each other inside out. Well, we you know this roster has been together um, two three years now. You know. Um, obviously, we had uh, Roman, Ollie, Dylan, um, Adam Erskine stepping up from last year. Um, Sebi as well stepping up from last year. Um, so we've had obviously all the under 18s from last year, and now they're, you know, giving a bit more to to Jets for this season. So yeah, as I said, two three seasons we've all stayed together. You know, you can tell our chemistry is just getting better each year. Um, the first training session of this uh, this season, it was just unbelievable. Mm. Um, we had this kind of weird kind of sensation and, you know, you just felt something that it was just complete. Like, even though we had the same, t- like, it's exactly the same team we had last year. Um, but yeah, we all felt kind of on that training session, even though we are all still together, it was different in a good way. Um, it's yeah. just gr- growth, I suppose, isn't it? Just internal growth. Yeah, you know, you you become a year more experienced each year. Um, it's good to see all the youngsters on the team. You know, they're you know still pulling through. Um, yeah, it's just brilliant to see all the boys come together. So you've um, so you've been at been at Slough for most of your career after starting at Bracknell. You've been at Slough for quite quite a while now. Have you yeah. always worn fifty four? Uh, so I. Um, my number in check was 36 before, um, because I 
uh, started at Bracknell. Then I went to Czech for two years. And then I spent maybe half a season to a season in Bracknell. So I kind of always had 36 during juniors. And then um, when I turned 16, uh, the blood jersey was 54. So it kind of stuck with me. But that's kind of the true story. The the story <laughs> I kind of, you know, feel like it is funny. Maybe maybe not everyone thinks it's funny. But, you know, every time I get a point, you know, a goal or assist, you know, they're like 54 Christian Moore. So it kind of rhymes a little bit. I yeah. thought it was funny. But, you know, some of the boys are like, oh. It's not the greatest, but yeah, uh, 54 was the blood jersey I had at Jets and I quite liked it. Um, and yeah, just stuck with it ever since. So you also, um, you represented GB at under 20 level. Was there ever a chance for it to be Norway or, or Czech? Was it always going to be Britain? Yeah, it was always going to be Britain. I don't have a Norwegian passport. I've just got Czech and English, uh, right. Czech and British passport. But yeah, Czech was definitely out of the you know uh definitely out of the way well when you represented um gb with the under 20s um you're obviously in the same roster with with alex graham who we sadly lost this summer and sheffield did a fantastic tribute to him unbelievable this weekend i mean just i mean how did that affect you guys mentally um it yeah it was a shock uh not you know it was a shock to the whole country um yeah it it kind of felt like it wasn't real if that makes sense yeah um because obviously you know doing all the training camps with him last year um you know being uh going to Lithuania it was just yeah it it was weird um I didn't want to believe at first weirdly um but then obviously I saw the Facebook posts and I was like shit I literally saw this kid, you know, at that time it would have been three, four months ago. Mm. Um, Obviously, I didn't know him well enough personally, but, you know, we were on the same team together, you know, always said hi. Um, But, yeah, even for me, I was like, yeah, I I just didn't have any words. No, I mean, it kind of brings it home. It's something that young men aren't really taught how to deal with. Because uh, it, yeah. it it does happen. It, it happened a lot to me in, in my younger days um, mm-hmm. with, with friends, teammates and stuff from sports. Um, and you don't kind of get really taught how to deal with it. No. Nah. Um, and now there's such a, a huge impetus on mental health, particularly with, with, with guys like yourselves who are working full-time jobs. And then on a mm-hmm. weekend, you're, you know, you're an athlete for, you know, hundreds of people's hopes of, of, of yeah. a weekend. So there's a lot of, lot of stuff on your shoulders. Oh yeah, one hundred percent massive. Like you know, I had, I had some troubles. I won't go into detail that much with it, but you know, last year, um, you know, I had some issues, and you know, it, it was quite dark place. But you know, thankfully, I had people around me to help me, and thankfully, you know, it's a lot better now. But as you said, it's you know, especially for young kids nowadays playing in front of you know, God knows how many fans, you know one time you're probably you know in bristol especially you know 15 uh, 1500 to you know 1700 mm. um, it's a lot of, it's a lot of pressure isn't it it's a it's a lot of pressure obviously when you start seeing all the social media saying oh why is this kid not performing this kid shouldn't be playing um it, yeah it gets you massively mm. but like i say if you've got that that circle around you 
And I, and oh. I would I would assume that both clubs have got that quite well covered. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, uh, that's all you need really. Just a good circle you can trust that can help you through it. Um, obviously, there's other people that can uh, that are professionals and you know that kind of uh, profession that can help you get through it. Yeah, we will in in November for which is Men's Mental Health Month. Um, mm. I'll be having uh, Ed Archer on, who's the founder of the It's Okay campaign. Um, I know that the Elite League Ice Hockey they push. It's not weak to mm. speak. You know, there's there's loads of stuff in it, and and for these, as you say, young men like yourself who are doing a normal life like everyone else, you know, a full-time job. But then on the weekend, you've got to psychologically, physically and mentally perform, perhaps in front of, you know, 1,000 to 2,000 people. Exactly. Um, you know, you guys, hats off. If they weren't, mm. under, my, if they weren't under my headphones, I'd take it off. But the glare off my head would also, <laughs> would also blind. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I have to wear one. <laughs> so I've had a few questions come in from the, from the listeners. Um, You've actually been really lucky. Normally when I get players on, lads jump in the inbox and some of the stuff is unbroadcastable. And I kind of think, you know what, save that for, for 4,000 and counting. That's that's Nicky's thing. Yeah, so he had a few questions he wanted to fire over and I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely yeah. not. Uh, if you want stories for the boys and, you know, stuff from the road in the room, then yeah, that's Nicky's thing. Yeah. We, we keep it relatively clean here. Keep it PG, yeah. <laughs> uh, I got a question from Alex. How has Smith shaped you as a player? Uh, not only as a player, he's you know, um, what's the word? He shaped me as like a a man. You know, not I've known him ever since I've been eight years old. So you know, he's always been there for me. Mm. Um, but not only as a hockey player, he's shaped me how to become a man as well. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I can thank him enough for what he's done for me, you know, ever since I started playing ice hockey, ever since I, you know, started playing for the Jets, he's just always been there. And as I said, I couldn't thank him enough. Mm. It seems quite a similar thing, obviously, with you guys having such a young team, that quite similar to Invicta, a lot of the guys, the way they speak about Carl Lennon is, yeah. is, is like he's a life coach. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of the word I was trying to look for. Smiths is just not only a great hockey coach, he's... He gives so many good life advices um, and, as you said, a life coach. Yeah. And as we you know, we just touched on previously, with you guys having to psychologically, mentally and physically keep your game on on a weekend, he, you, you need a guy like that. Yeah, 100%. You know, he's he's been through it a lot. So, and did you get to play with him before he was coaching as well? No, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately not, which, you know, was quite not depressing but I was kind of pissed off because obviously <laughs> um uh Luke and Yuha are both the same age as me but obviously they turned 16 in uh January and February uh and I turned six I turned 16 in July so for the and next season so that was you know uh the season before was you know this last season so they they got to play with him that and obviously that, that goddamn like, chance for the rule eh yeah, he obviously retired when uh when it was my first season, but you know, it's even him having a being a coach, you know, it's brilliant. Yeah, I suppose you're on the ice with him twice a week at least, anyway, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I got one here from Adam Hamilton. What player have you learned the most from throughout your career? It's a good question. There's been so many players that you know have helped helped a lot. You know, uh, Sean Norris has given. Good advice. 
Um, that's it's it's a tough one to say. You know, you can talk about Smiths. He's taught me so much things. Um, you know, gonna have to swallow my pride. You know, learned quite a lot from Seb as well. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure he's learned a lot from me. Uh, but kind of just pretty much anyone who you play with, you know, you always get these little kind of um, advices, you know, what to do, what not to do. Um, Tim O'Lingren's, you know, another good one. Um, but yeah, just any, anyone who's anyone who I've played with, really. Or you have to be with. a sponge, didn't you, as a young player and just sort of soak 100%. it all up from everybody. 100%. Is, it's going to sound like a nasty way, but you got to use you got to use the people around you. Mm. Um, but in kind of a nice way. Well, yeah, I mean, anyone who's got experience above yours, you've just got to try and soak it up from them, haven't you? We, we'd said similar, I said with, with some of the Oxford players, with the Chelmsford players from last year, when you've got a, an athlete in your room who's won everything professionally that he can win, yeah. you've, got to, you've got to soak that up from him. <laughs> 100%, because, you know, he knows the best. Mm. Yeah, no, it's... Uh... Yeah, as as a young athlete, you've got to be a sponge. It's yeah, probably something I never had as, when I was young. Probably thought I knew it all. Yeah. But uh, no, obviously different sports. I can't skate. Don't want to get me on the ice. It's dangerous. What sport did you play? <laughs> a bit of football until it ruined my knees, but I was boxing mainly. Oh, mainly really? But oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Weren't very good at it. Loved it. Weren't very good at it. But uh, yeah, funnily enough, talk about the, like, the mental thing of the night. I, I, I couldn't perform under the lights. Mm. Unbelievable in the gym. <laughs> And then, but yeah, uh, yeah, in front of a few hundred people with the lights on and all the uh, the razzmatazz could perform. Mm-hmm. So, but I never really had that that mental advocate, you know, sort of yeah. giving me giving me advice. You know, my my boxing coach was a, a bantamweight woman, and we we wow. used to we used to bang the crap out of each other in the boxing ring. She was so heavy handed for for a woman who's like eight stone. Jesus. But um, yeah, we never really had that that mental thing of of, of mm. prepare, preparing yourself for it. So it's. But it's you know a different sport and it's a single sport compared to a team sport. Yeah, it's going to be difficult if you're just by yourself, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it was. I don't really have a killer instinct either. I'm too oh, nice. Really? Yeah, no. I'm. I'm. I love the art. I've always loved the art of of combat. Yeah, but, See, um, I'm, I'm. I'm kind of the same. I'm. It, it takes quite a lot for me to snap, mm. but once I snap, I just see red. Oh yeah, I'm the same as that with um like complaining in a restaurant. I don't complain at all yeah. because I don't have constructive criticism. I don't have a middle ground. Yeah, I'm, no. I, I'm, I, I'm either not saying anything or I'm threatening to burn that, burn your house down with your kids in it. I've got, I've got no middle ground. <laughs> so I just leave it to my wife. <laughs> uh, right. Back to these listeners questions. We've gone right off on a tangent then. Uh, Brad Warren has asked, what was it like playing for GB ball hockey again? Do you know what? GB ball hockey is unbelievable. It's just, it's such a great, you know, time to be away with some of those boys. Um, you know, my first kind of experience was last year in Canada playing for the men's team, which uh, was a long story. Um, to, to sum it up, pretty much, I barely played ball hockey last year. And then um, I got a call from the head coach of the 20s and... Uh, a guy called Stu Wilson, lovely bloke. Um, he goes, oh, I've had uh, some good references about you, you know, Carl Graham, 
um, and a few other boys they said that you know you're not only good on the ice but you know on the pad as well um, you know I've heard some good things about you and uh, would you be interested to playing for the 20s team in Czech and I was like you know what in Czech you know playing for GB of course yeah I'm up for it and then uh, February time I was going back to Prague with my grandma and I was at the airport and Stu calls me up again and he's like, how would you like to play for the men's team in uh, Laval, Canada, Montreal? And I was like, 100% sign me up. <laughs> Bearing in mind, um, you know, there, there was no trials last year because obviously it was still coming out of COVID. Um, and yeah, my first proper like kind of full hockey training session was as soon as we got off the flight on the pad. And my first proper ball hockey game was against the Czech Republic. So, oh wow! It yeah, it it was a tough game. I'm pretty sure we lost. Um, I, don't, I can't remember how much we lost by, but it was it was such great experiences. You know, you're playing all against these you know monsters of countries. You know, Canada, America, Slovakia, Czech, um, and obviously. This year we uh we've just come back from Liberets, Czech Republic. Um Elliot Lewis was on the team. Oh right. Um, which was brilliant for him to be there as well. He absolutely loved it. Um but yeah, it's as I said, it's such you know, it's such a great experience going out with ball hockey, uh G B and I loved it, yeah. Superb, superb. Uh Welly has asked, uh, what's your favorite film, favorite genre of music, and do you have a pre match superstition? Favorite film? I quite like Wolf of Wall Street. You know, I think it's what a film. Yeah, it's just one of those films where I can just keep watching over and over again. It just doesn't get boring. Yeah, um, certain bits as well, I suppose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, favorite genre of music? Um, massive into country. I was going to say, know. people that would be watching or listening now would have heard the intro. Yeah. And when you, you know, sent it to me, I listened to it. I was like, that's Paco. I really like that. Yeah, I'm a massive country fan. Um, you know, I was trying to get uh, tickets to C2C, uh, C2C next year, but they've all sold out. And, you know, Luke Coombs is on the 19th and 20th in London. Can't get tickets for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, massive country fan. I love it. Where'd that come from? I, I just think it's a hockey thing. You think you, know, you go to any hockey player really, and they're like just country, you know. Yeah, yeah. Normally, listen to it after game or training because it's just kind of relaxing. And but yeah, I, I just think I, I think it's a hockey thing, really. Mullets, mustaches, and country music. One hundred percent. Someone needs to write. One? Someone needs to write a book about that. Yeah, that, that's. Uh... <laughs> what uh, was the, the last one? The last one was uh, any pre-match superstitions. Not really a superstitious kind of guy. Uh, just kind of wake up and get on with it. You know, I'll I'll go to the gym in the morning, ride a bike, go for a swim, and then just yeah, get really prepared. Two touch before a game. I'm I'm the most boring person before a game, really. <laughs> uh, well, the only thing I would have was uh, mum makes me an absolutely lovely chicken and pasta with uh, mushroom and onions, and I'll have that for every game. That's your pre-match meal. Yeah. Uh, a question from Zane Kamali is asked: What are your ambitions as a player? Zane, uh, um, 
funny enough was saying he uh, he was a captain for the under twenty threes GB ball hockey team. Oh, wicked! Lovely guy, loved him to bits. Um, my ambitions as a hockey player just get as far as I can, really. You know, just take it step by step. Obviously, the goal is you know elite league, and you know hopefully you know Europe somewhere. Um, We've seen that a fair bit. I mean, this year, I mean, Ollie Endicott last week was stepped up from Leeds to Coventry. Yeah. Um, did quite well. This, yeah, I just saw this morning Tyler from uh, uh I can't Yeah, he's obviously backing up for Cardiff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, White say with Cardiff as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely yeah. there. The path is the path is clearing. I think for the British. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. You know, obviously with uh, Steelers, you know, and Steel Dogs, you know, I think that was brilliant. Yeah, it's there was um, so much, so much negativity about that. Yeah, I I can't understand I, it. I I personally I feel like the whole league should do it. Yeah. Um I mean look at the American system with NHL, AHL, ECHL, everyone's yeah. linked. You work your way up. If you're in that top one, you're not getting the in drop down. Yeah. And if it's all linked, I think that's the best way for it to work. One hundred percent. You know, it is easier. Um I think it's gonna be I think it'll be more kind of uh, excited, like for the fans' uh, perspective as well. You know, probably each week they'll see, you know, new different kind of players coming up for, you know, National League and Elite League. And, um, but yeah, I, I I don't really care what other people say. I thought Steel Dogs and Steelers, you know, they smashed it. Yeah. Absolutely smashed it with that. All right. This one's a funny one. I'm going to name Mark because Mark Wallace, people might give him jippers, chumps for player, considering. Uh, Champsford fan rather considering the fixture coming up this week when are you when are you signing for Champsford Chieftains when are you coming over <laughs> uh, to be honest I, you know if if I ever did come back down to you know uh, NIHL 1 it would probably be Slough you know I'm a Slough yeah, boy at heart absolutely absolutely that was exactly what I expected <laughs> And, uh, and anonymously, I've got one that says, can you hear your mum shouting at you to shoot more? <laughs> yes, I can. Um, <laughs> I got in a bit of uh, a lot of trouble uh, when we played in Chelmsford on the Sunday for the pre-season because, you know, you can just hear her constantly shoot, and uh, especially on the power play. Um yeah. So I think I was just swinging round, and I was just like, "That <laughs> uh, wasn't the greatest car journey's back." <laughs> um, to be honest, she was like, "Don't you ever speak to me like that again?" Um, but yes, yeah, so I, I can. I can hear her, you know, shouting, um, "Shoot!" Uh, also, when we were younger, uh, younger, I heard her shout quite a lot. You know, skate. Yeah, <laughs> um, but she'd shout that to me in Czech, and uh, the. The the translation for skate in Czech is uh, Bruce Lee, and it sounds quite a lot like Bruce Lee. <laughs> so all the boys were just saying Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee. <laughs> um, but she stopped that now, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> Big love to Mrs. Moore. Got to love the hockey mums. Yeah. Well, mate, thank you so much for taking some time out your evening to join me. Oh, Re- really enjoyed no, chatting. Thank you. you um, you're, you're the first sort of player that we've had on this year obviously I've, I've expanded the podcast to cover the whole league so it's nice mm. to sort of hear everything from the other other teams in the league 
And uh, congratulations on a four-point weekend and good luck for Appreciate the weekend it. coming. Not too much good luck for Saturday night, obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah, as I said, I think it will be a good game on Saturday. But yeah, no, thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. No worries. A massive thank you to Christian Moore for joining me there. Really enjoyed that chat. You know, what a well-brought-up young man. Well-rounded individual, fantastic hockey player as well. I think even even for sort of rival teams, you will appreciate how good a player he is. And it's great to see him coming and playing at your rink. So then, fixtures for the coming weekend. It is another weekend off for Ben Painter's men and also for the Thunder as the other six teams clash. On Saturday, the Slough Jets are hosting the Chelmsford Chieftains at the Hangar. You can now buy advanced tickets online from Slough Jets. So check their website for details. On Sunday, it sees Invicta host the Slough Jets at Planet Ice Gillingham. What a game that is going to be going by what we've had so far. Head to Invicta's websites to purchase tickets for that one. Oxford City Stars, their tough start doesn't get any easier as they welcome Alex Murray's Solent Devils to the Oxpens. Ticket co for the tickets and for live stream passes. And the second Essex Derby of the season as Chelmsford Chieftains host the Romford Buccaneers on Sunday. Ticket code to get your advanced tickets. This game normally sells out, so do not delay in getting hold of them. There is no live stream for this game. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you've enjoyed it. A massive thank you to all the coaches that take the time to send in their exclusive coaches' thoughts for ZPG. It's massively appreciated. And again, a huge thank you to Christian Moore for joining me. Not only an incredible hockey player, just a bloody nice kid as well. I'll be back next week with all the news, match reports and coaches' thoughts from the weekend's games and a guest, or maybe two. Don't forget to check out the Hockey Art Co. website. Use the code ZP10 on checkout to get your discount. On Thursday, this episode will be available on YouTube, uh, including the Christian Moore interview, all the individual uh, coaches' thoughts, and there might be a couple of goals in there as well. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time. This podcast is hosted by Spotify for Podcasters. It is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and anywhere else that you get your podcasts. You can follow on all the social medias. It's at Zero Pucks Given for YouTube and Facebook, at Zero Pucks Given Podcast for Instagram, TikTok, and Threads, at Zero Pucks Pod on X, and Ben Hyde ZPG on Snapchat. Follow us on all of those, and you will not miss a thing. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.